I am Araceli, a wealth advisor, real estate investor in the United States and Canada, and creator of Wealthy Women in Real Estate. Every week, I meet with Colette, a real estate broker and a real estate investor in Canada. We come together to talk about all things real estate investing and how to increase your wealth. Join us. Welcome everyone. This is Araceli, Transition Wealth Advisor and Real Estate Investor in the U.S. and Canada. Today in this chat with Colette and with a special guest, we have something that we're going to talk about. And this is all the options that you have instead of selling the marital home when you're separating or getting divorced. Colette, can you introduce yourself and introduce our guest? Of course. Hi, everybody. My name is Colette Rava. I am a real estate broker in the GTA. I like to work West End, which is anywhere from Etobicoke, Mississauga, Brampton, Burlington, uh, Oakville, and anything in between. <laughs> so um, I love helping people buy and sell their homes. And uh, funny enough, this subject has to do with not selling your home. And that is also something that I do. And that's you know, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a bad salesperson, but I help you decide if you're going through a separation, whether or not you can keep your home. I'm, it's not all about selling to me. It's about keeping you happy, keeping a happy home, uh, keeping the kids safe, keeping them in the area if you need to. And that's why we have Marianne, who is our guest today. And she is, an, uh, I don't want to say divorce, but a separation mediator or even a family mediator. You do other mediations, is that right? Yes. So yes. I'll let her take over and she'll give you a little bit of a synopsis of what she does specifically. So welcome, Marianne. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, my name is Marianne Grande and I'm an accredited family mediator and divorce coach. I do um, in-person mediation as well as virtually. I cover um, all the provinces of Canada with the exception of Quebec. And uh, so what I do is I help my clients get through their separation and divorce um, with without court involvement, basically. Which is awesome. That's great. So today we're talking about how to not sell the family home because that's something that People are, you know, thinking, oh, the first thing that ha we have to do is to split the assets and sell the house. Well, the the house is usually the biggest asset that you accumulate in a home, and especially right now in the GTA, that the homes have appreciated so much that most people will go back and look at their house and what it is a value at today, and they will see that is the biggest asset that they have. However, when a separation, you know, happens, the first thing that they go to is probably to a realtor and say, oh, I want to sell my house. But tell me, Colette, from your point of view, what do you do? How do you do the analysis to see if it's best to sell? I know that you said you're a bad salesperson, but I think you are a great uh, real estate broker because it's about keeping the real estate and right. continuing that safety for the family. So tell me, how do you work Thank with you. people? Thank you. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Um, but also, uh, the, the other thing, too, is I really believe, because I'm an investor, too, I really believe in holding on to real estate because it always appreciates. So, you know, depending on the time that you hold on. So, uh, so I do a couple things, actually, uh, with lawyers or with mediators. They ask me to do 
um, an evaluation on the home and send them a piece of paper to say, I'm an accredited real estate agent. Uh, I know the area well. Um, this is the market value of the property. And um, this is what you can expect to see in a sale. I don't ever give like one price. I give a range because as you know, the market fluctuates. So if you sell it currently right now is one thing. Let's say you've been separated for three years. I have to do the research and evaluate the home three years ago just to see what the difference is between now and then. Uh, and depending on who I work with, if I work with Marianne or if I, or if I work with a lawyer or lawyers, uh, they take an evaluation not just from me, but also from other realtors. And it's called a letter of opinion. So it's my opinion. It's not set in stone. Because again, how am I supposed to guarantee that sale price when you put it on the open market, you know, you have a range and both parties have to agree to say, okay, if we sell it, let's say somebody does want to hold on to the house, right? How do you figure out the, 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 the amount of, um, sorry, my phone is ringing. How do you decide what the, the property is worth without actually putting it, putting it on the market? So you can say, okay, here are comparables. Uh, this is what the market is like. This is how much a mortgage would be now. This is how much the mortgage payments would be and sort of put a package together for them. And then the other party can get their own evaluation as well. And then they can decide based on that. So um, was that the question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the question. But also um, what I'm trying to get at here is that when people are separating, obviously they just don't want to be with each other, right? right. But if they have children uh, or they have anything else that it has comes from the house, some people work out of the, the home. So, sure. you know, removing the property is not going to be a good option for them. But right. they might not have enough money to be able to buy the other people out. And from the point of view, Marianne, tell me, what is the, the most common uh way to resolve this like when people come in and they're discussing their marital home how do you evaluate and give them an option what is your your process kind of thing yeah so there's a lot of factors right if there's kids how old are the kids mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, do they want to stay, stay in the same school? Um, are you okay with moving the kids into a different school? Um, can you afford the home? Like, will you get approved for a mortgage? You know, um, that's a, a big thing because if you can't afford it, you're just, it's not an option. It's not something that I'd like to spend time on. And, and I know people get stuck where they don't want to move. You know, they just don't. And well, there is a couple other options too. If, yeah. like you said, all of the the stars align and everybody agrees, uh, certain homes can be separated into yeah. two separate units. Let's say either basement unit, right. or upper floor unit. Uh, there can also be a tenant that comes in, and that way they will help with uh, the mortgage. So there are a, a few different options. So it's really very, I think Marianne and I are both, well, all three of us are agreeing that there are options, but you have to, if you don't know what's possible, if you don't know what the market rents are, you know, that's what I can also help you with to say, hey, listen, you can rent your basement for $2,000. Your mortgage is, 
you know, 1800, hey, you know, why not? So there are lots of ways to slice it that way, but it's also everybody's different. And that's why we don't go on the internet and, you know, do all this research when you have three people that are easily accessible like us that can give you that advice uh, for you specifically. It's custom, custom advice. Yeah, because it's not only about the options that are possible, but it's the things that you want in particular. If you have younger children, it might be more difficult for you to move because they're in school. Uh, you have certain arrangements. Maybe you have family that are close by. So all of those right. things you have to take into consideration and no case is the same. And now if you don't have children, it might be a little bit easier, but there might be other factors that will not allow you to stay there or to stay there. Uh, so yeah. all of yeah. that you have to consider. So well, and the other thing is, the other thing that I found is um, a lot of times um, one of the party's parents will be living there too. Maybe they're elderly or they need extra care or, or that, that sort of thing. So you have to take that into account so that if you're moving, you're moving them too. And you have to consider, are there doctors in the area or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they go to therapy or, or, or things like that. Um, is it feasible to move everybody? So right. those kinds of factors have to be taken into account, I think, as well. It's not always so black and white. There's so many factors at play. Like Araceli said, I have several clients who run their business out of their home, right? Yeah. Well, and market rents too are so crazy these mm -hmm. days. So when you really think yeah. about, oh, okay, do, would I pay the mortgage and, and try to get my spouse to give me a little, you know, maybe two or three years to pay them out? Or, uh, you know, how can I do this to keep instead of my parents renting a property for $2,000, us renting another property for $2,000, the spouse renting for $2,000. Let's just say for a few years, how can we do this? to you know, either rent the house. This is the thing too, what uh, a lot of people consider is uh, they wanna keep the house. They move out to a smaller, let's say an apartment. They rent the house that's bigger and they get more money from it. They pay their spouse out that way, but then they stay on title for whatever, how many years, but it's all in the agreement. It's spelled out very clearly. This is how much you're gonna end up with. If I can't pay you out, let's say in the next, by five years from now, then I will agree to sell and then we will split the profits. So there's lots of ways to do it. We just have to figure out what the option works for both people. If one of the spouse wants to get remarried right away or somebody wants to leave the country and they don't want to stick around, like this is all very specific to your uh, personal, you know, how, how you all want to want to get along while you're separating, right? <laughs> so it's very custom. So that's what we're saying. You know, look at all the options. You, be creative about it. If you can both be amicable about it, why not? Yeah, you know, and I think that that is the, the most difficult part that I've seen in certain circumstances. Yeah. That people are fighting for things that are so silly and, and really like what you wanted to stop and think that if you, for example, go to Marianne, that it's mediation that works with the two of you, it's way cheaper than go to a lawyer and fight because every time that you go through the lawyer, you have to pay them. 
Right. You come and back and you still don't agree and you have to go back, back, back and forth. So right. basically you have to think about your future as well, depending on how old you are, what kind of uh, money you, you hope to get from the home or any other assets that you have. How much money do you want to give away and not to, to the other person, but it's to a lawyer, to the government, to why? So right. try to, uh, to come back and I know it's easier said than done, but if you are more into a logical situation and think a little bit about your future and if you have children as well, it's better to do it through mediation than going through a big fight through a lawyer. That's, that is my opinion. But of course, you know, as I said, easier said than done. But if it's that at all times possible, try to do it that way. Much, much easier. And, and, you and have the other consider... thing you want to remember is, sorry, Colette. No, it's okay. Um, the other thing you want to remember is a lawyer is trained in a very adversarial way. They're trained to, for court. They're trained to fight on your behalf. A mediator is not trained that way. We're trained from more of a resolution. Let's try and resolve it. What are our options? Let's think out of, outside the box. Let's put all our options on the table and find the best one for everybody. So it's two totally different approaches. If you're retaining a lawyer, that lawyer will be pushing for court. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Even the most docile lawyer has been trained to be adversarial, has been trained, you know, like I always hear this term, let's lawyer up. Right off that, like that's very adversarial. You're you're spending yeah. so much money to fight. And people don't realize, but if you're going to trial, you should expect to spend over sixty thousand dollars per person. And that's on the low end. Yeah. 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 What I was gonna say was something like when you when you consider not just, you know, everybody going off their separate ways and having to uh, you know, possibly buy something else or to rent something else when you really calculate it all and if you've lived in your house for even five years i can almost guarantee you that your mortgage is going to be way less than what you're going to be paying in any rent not even for the same size place mm -hmm. plus it's very difficult to find rentals right now uh the market's kind of uh, uh very very um like there there isn't a lot on the market uh, staying in the area, like you said, mm -hmm. is very difficult sometimes. So really think about what that's worth for your children to stay in the same school district, to keep the same friends, all of that stuff. It's not about money. It's about being emotionally uh, safe and feeling like the kids have not, like you've not ruined their world or, you know, made this huge change. It's not about, it's not about them suffering. Yeah, that's the key for me is always about watching the kids. And I'm sure as a mediator, too, that's something that's the biggest consideration is making sure the kids, whatever their age is, that they are comfortable and they are, you know, not not crazy things will change. So from my own perspective, that's my own, um, you know, sometimes I know it can't happen, but I realize with my own children, if I could keep mm -hmm. them as similar uh to what their life was yeah. like before and you know keep them in the same school keep them even in the same home yeah. all that stuff i know it's me you know it's me and their dad and and they're together but ultimately to not make things even more complicated for them is a huge consideration yeah. 
So that is exactly what it is, Colette, is keeping as consistent as you can for yourself or your own sanity. Right. If you are working and you have to take care of children and now you're moving and now you're far away from work. Now your children have to be moved to another school. It's too many moving parts. So the least amount of changes that you can make is the best in my opinion. But if it's necessary, so tell me, Marianne, what happens if when somebody said, absolutely, we cannot keep the home, we need to sell it. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, so we would get uh, an opinion from uh, a realtor, um, just as Colette was saying, basically. And hopefully they agree on what they're going to list at. Um, if not, sometimes we'll get opinions from a, a couple different realtors, right? And we try and negotiate what that's going to look like, what the sale price is going to look like. So we would put that into an agreement. We would also put um, a clause in the agreement that, how do I say this? It, it, it gets a little bit touchy with what, you're, what the amount you'll accept as a sale price is. So some people have very unrealistic expectations and the other person in the relationship has more realistic expectations, right? So how do you gauge that? So if that's an issue, I always like to put something in the agreement that says, okay, if any offers come at this amount or higher, they're going to be accepted, right? If that way it keeps a little bit some kind of control that one yeah. one person isn't holding out for this crazy amount like if your house is worth eight hundred thousand and they want one and a half million that's great but i'm sure colette has cases where people want a certain amount and we always want the most obviously but sometimes that's not realistic and it doesn't make sense to hold on to that house if you're both fighting and nobody's contributing and then you you run the risk of losing the home to a power of sale or something like that right so we have to keep things realistic mm -hmm. that is a really good point because you're right some people when they're mad they said no i'm not gonna sell the house unless i sell it for this much oh. and sometimes it just it's really not realistic and it's not well, yeah. and markets drop too. So like I was saying, yeah. you know, when you say market valuation, that's fine. I can give you that all day long. But if markets are going to fluctuate just the way they have this year, yeah. or even just in the last month or so, this is something that we can't guarantee you're going to have a sale of this much, but we can guarantee it'll sell. But it depends on the price. Exactly. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. So obviously that's the thing. And you know what? The other thing too, which is a little bit of a secret, which I don't like to say out loud but even if you put it on the market and it you do get offers, it doesn't mean you have to accept it. So let's say you put your house up for a million dollars and you get a, uh, somebody offering 900, obviously you can say no to that. So because it's both parties signing, if you're both on title, uh, you both have to um, make an agreement to say yes or no. So. Um, I, I hate to say that out loud, but obviously you don't have to sell it unless you know this is, it has to be sold because we need to separate. 
So that's where I find things get a little bit tricky. I have been on a side, uh, um, one sale where, um, and it was just a single person selling and she decided to not accept any offers because she changed her mind. So <laughs> I think that happens. I, I want to say the statistic is about 3% of the time that that does happen. Someone puts the, the house up for sale, but guess what? There's always mm -hmm. another house. So if you're on the buying end of that, don't worry. If somebody decides to not accept your offer, there's going to be something else. <laughs> well, that is a really good. Well, thank you, Mary Ann, for being here. I think this is very, very helpful. But just remember, if you are thinking or if you already have decided to separate and you can still talk to your partner, it's worth to have a consultation with Mary Ann just to see all the options. Sometimes People think it is more complicated than it is, but if you do it early when you're still talking and you have certain, you know, amount of respect for the other people, you're going to be end, uh, you're going to end up in a much better situation instead of trying to fight and try to get as much as the other person, because you never get as much. You're going to give away most of your money to lawyers. So it's better to do it through mediation if you can. Thank you, Mary Ann, for being here. And uh, we will see you in the next one as a guest. Uh, always very welcome to be here. Thank you so much, Colette, as well. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Ann. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.arisalihernandez.com. Thank you.